With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Lots of things are better together. Hockey, food, golf. How about a cold one on the patio during a nice spring day? But if you really want to take things to the next level, drink some Labatt Blue Lights with your friends and live life to the power of we. Always enjoy responsibly. Beer, Labatt USA, Buffalo, New York. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. You're listening to DraftKings Network. This is the GM Shuffle. Like, who's responsible for this? Everything gets put under the umbrella of, well, Rodgers got hurt, so that's it. They all act as if because Rodgers got hurt, we all got a mulligan. But there's no sense of urgency. You're listening to the GM Shuffle with Michael Lombardi, presented by DraftKings and VSIN. Here is Femi Abebefe. Welcome to another edition of the GM Shuffle with Michael Lombardi, presented by DraftKings and VEASAN. I'm your host, Femi Abebefe. As always, make sure to subscribe, rate, and review wherever you get your podcasts. Our producer, Elliot Bowman, with us on the ones and twos. And Michael, this is a podcast that many people have been waiting for. I mean, (laughs) I I have been waiting for this one. We're going to get to talk to the man. Your cousin, Big yeah. Daddy Vince, later on in the pod, talk all things Packers. I can't wait for it. We're yeah. gonna do a couple segments, then we'll get to Big Daddy. But folks are excited. Yeah, I mean, we had to talk to him, especially on this win streak. They have a chance to make the playoffs. He can destroy all that with his negativity. So it'll be perfect. <laughs> it, it'll come in here, and we'll see. We'll see how it goes, you know. And he'll recite this. But I mean, if you bring him in after they're on this losing streak, or say they're gonna have the top five pick, then it, you know, his voice just becomes one of many. But now we have a chance to resonate and see the real, real what goes on, even when they were winning, even when they were winning and going to conference cha- and going to the playoffs, which they never could get past the first round the last couple seasons, losing at home to Tampa and San Francisco. But it's an exciting day. We honor those who served us at Pearl Harbor, unfortunately. Mm-hmm. It's always a tough day to think about that. Go back as we start this podcast. But uh it's in our remembering that we can uh, hopefully move forward with that. And if you've never been there, Femi, I think it's kind of a powerful place to to go and just look at and take in the awesomeness of what it, the events, the tragic events that happened and, you know, and, and all those people that were just completely surprised by the attack. So, you know, our thoughts go out to all the family members who yeah. lost or maybe have association, especially people that live in that area. Yeah, no, 100%. Obviously, uh, a, a lot of wars that have taken place in our country's history, that one being like a very seminal moment that has happened uh, in our country. So we remember those who uh, who fought in the wars and obviously remember the, their families and loved ones who have lived on, obviously, after those events of the December 7th back in those days. But, uh, Michael, the football side of this thing, Zach yeah. Wilson, <laughs> the New York Jets. I mean, I, it, it, 
it's... you know, I think I forget. I don't know who tweeted this, but somebody tweeted this, and it's so on point. Has there ever been a team that we've talked more about that essentially has won three games? I know they're four and eight, but if you want to count the Giant game as a win, go ahead. Feel free. I mean, you know, <laughs> if the Giants make that kick, the game's over. Or if the Giants just counts, run yeah. it for – just <laughs> kneel down, it's over. Anyway, but have we ever – Have you? we've spent so much time discussing this team yeah. and the dysfunction within the team. That's even got Aaron Rodgers on Pat McAfee talking about we got leaks in the building. Somebody said this. Somebody said that. Well, you know, that that's true. This is what's been going on. This is why all this stuff that's showing up today, Femi, mm-hmm. is going to prevent them from doing anything next season. Yeah. And we've talked about, like, what kind of culture do you build as a general manager if you're Joe Douglas, as a head coach if you're Robert Sala? And this is kind of the culture or lack thereof a culture when times get tough. We're seeing everyone kind of playing the CYA, the cover your ass game of saying, hey, like, let me put this out there. Let me put that out there. And and like a lot of people have said, hey, like they've refuted what Diana Senior has reported there. But I mean, clearly someone is telling her this stuff. I don't think she's making this up. Clearly something is well, going on. There were two on. reporters on the story. Exactly. There were two yeah. reporters on the story. It wasn't just one. I mean, it was confirmation. I mean, and it, isn't it ironic? Look, I know I'm, I am so down the rabbit hole on the J.D. Tippett murder in the Kennedy assassination. So yes, I have a conspiracy edge to me, but isn't it, isn't it ironic that Tim Boyle went from being the second string quarterback to the starter to now he's on the street? Like, wait, wait a minute. Like these things don't add up. I mean, not only do you bench Boyle, you you dismiss him from service. I, I mean, that's a little bit of a, you, you got me wondering on that one a little bit here, but I think what it really points to and again, I'm not picking on Salah, but I think there's a lot to learn about him and his reign as a head coach if you're a coach, mm. if you're a leader. And it's really the absence of leadership that you can learn. And, you know, even going back to all the things that have been said in the past and all that, that there is, if you're observing this, if you were a management consulting company and you were examining this from afar, with no prejudice towards anything, and I really don't. I'd have never met Salah before. I'm just observing this from afar. There's a complete absence of leadership within his command. You know, there's a communication problem, right? The, the complete communication problem. One minute, Zach's not the reason we're losing. Next minute, he gets benched. Yeah. You know, one minute, he's texting to the guy at WFAN. Then he's coming back. They're all different kinds of things. The other thing, when you have ineffective leadership, you have an, an, an inability to make decisions, which is clearly the case. 24 hours, uh, 10 minutes after that report came out, he's like, well, Zach came in my office, he wants to mm-hmm. be the starter, but I'm not sure I want to give him the job yet. I don't know if that's the right thing to do. And then, he's, then he decides he's going to do it. <laughs> Poor performance on the field. That's another sign of ineffective leadership, right? They can't get it straight. You know, the ability to resolve issues is another area of of a lack of leadership. There, how about how about this one? Slow reaction to change. You don't think he qualifies for that? Mm. I mean, the other thing is a lack of focus. Like, what is truly the focus of, of this program? Just Rogers leaves, so now we're all going to go down the t- go down the tank. Actually, one of the things that applies to ineffective leadership is the comfortable uh, being comfortable with the status quo. They all act as if because Rogers got hurt, we all got a mulligan. Yep. And maybe they do, but there's no sense of urgency. There's, they, they've, they've, they forgot about who they serve, which is another part of lack of leadership. 
you know, and then to me, the ultimate case and what, what was brought out in that report was the lack of accountability. Like who's responsible for this? Everything gets put under the umbrella of, well, Rogers got hurt. So that's it. Mm -hmm. Meanwhile, all these other teams are playing without quarterbacks and nobody's saying, well, our guy got hurt. They're all trying to compete and win. That is the exact point that I wanted to make here with this because, I mean, you have teams like the Cincinnati Bengals who we watched Monday night with Jake Browning out there, and they were able to put up points. They're able to win a game on the road against a playoff caliber team. How about the Indianapolis Colts? They've had their franchise quarterback, their rookie quarterback, Anthony Richardson. He's been out since like week five. They're sitting here at seven and five. I mean, the list goes on and on. The Minnesota Vikings, who, yeah, the last couple of weeks have looked shaky. I mean, Minnesota could have, everyone was saying that they should go ahead and punt the rest of the season when Cousins snapped his Achilles and, and Jefferson went down with the hamstring. They're in the playoff mix sitting at six and six like all these other teams have been able to work make it work and not use these excuses whereas the Jets is just like well Rodgers got hurt let's make the excuse let's go ahead and run it back in 2024 as if this was like some grand master plan that was going to succeed if Rodgers was healthy which I'm still skeptical of that based on what we've seen this year but it, it just feels like there's a whole lot of just like absolving themselves of accountability and just say let's just run it back with our quarterback healthy our desired quarterback and Aaron Rodgers like it's, it's ridiculous I mean, if I'm Woody Johnson, I'm watching this, and I, and, I, and I mean, to me, this is the perfect example of being, uh, of, of really understanding how effective your leadership group is, you know, and Rodgers is complaining about, we can't get to a championship with leaks in the building. Well, there's a bunch of leaks, and, and I'm not sure they're not coming from the same, they're coming from different sides of the hall, you know? I mean, Douglas hasn't had a winning record since he's been there. He's got a lot of of good players on the team. He's had some, he's had successful drafts, hasn't put together a winning team. Right. You know, and, and so he never gets blamed. Salah's just saying, basically, you know, we don't have a quarterback, so that's where we are, even though you have the second overall pick in the draft. I mean, when he got hurt, what did we say on that podcast? We said, look, their season's not over. Mm -hmm. If they're really good on defense, if they can play defense, play well in the kicking game and not turn the ball over, get really good in the run game, find a way to utilize his skill set, 25 throws, they have a chance. But they they can't do that. And, you know, Nathaniel Hackett, his offense has been, I mean, as bad as if it weren't for the Patriots, it would go down as one of the worst in the league. It's Unfortunately, the Patriots have a worse one. So, like, where is the accountability? Where does somebody come in there and say, look, this is really screwed up? All we ever hear about – about this team is, well, you know, if they had a quarterback, you know, if Rodgers was there, it wouldn't be like this. It's the same thing we all we heard about with, with Derek Carr. Well, once he got on a good team with a defense, he'll go to the playoffs. How's that working out? <laughs> how it's working out is fans are booing him <laughs> and they're cheering for Taysom Hill when he gets onto the field. That's how that's working out in New Orleans. But the, the Robert Sala quote, we didn't even mention this one, that he told reporters, quote, we always believed Wilson was the best QB in terms of giving us the chance to win. Like if you believe that, yeah. why would you bench him for Tim Boyle? Like if you truly right. believe I mean, that, th there it is. Th there's exactly why if you are a professional management guru and you're studying leadership for a living, then he what he just said there is basically ineffective leadership. It's it's a perfect sign of having ineffective leadership. It is, and and one of the other underlying areas of ineffective leadership is blame. And so with all these leaking of reports to the blame game. That's, that shows there's nobody in the room controlling every conversation. The problem with a lot of these NFL organizations, they've gotten so big that they've got – everybody has way too many leaks. And the Jets have way too many within their own building. You have to be able 
to cut down on the amount of people that are talking behind the records, off the records, in the record. You know, people are going to make stuff up. But the reality of it is, is you got to do a good job as the leader of an organization. And I'm not just talking about one leader. I'm talking about Douglas and Sala. But there's a complete absence of leadership. And the reason we keep talking about them is because of that. Is because it's so obvious to all of us that they have no leadership that we keep talking about it. And yet we don't really understand that the reason we're talking about it is the absence of leadership. Do you think in addition to the absence of leadership, there's also an absence of alignment between Sala and Douglas? Because remember we had this discussion when Robert Sala pleaded the fifth on the radio saying that like, hey, like, why are you playing Zach Wilson? That clearly this might be Joe Douglas wanting him to play Zach Wilson. Like, do you think those two guys are aligned? No, I don't. I don't think they've been aligned. I, I, I think Woody has created a situation where the general manager and the coach, when he hired when he hired Sala, they, they kind of haven't had a blending. I don't think they've ever been. I think they've been on the same page. Here's a perfect example. Being on the same page and being aligned don't, are not the same thing. Mm-hmm. Being on the same page means we all want to win. Being aligned means we understand how to win. We see it the same way. They clearly don't. They clearly don't. And and this has been going on. But this is the mis- this, this is the dysfunction within the JET organization that has gone on and on and on. It really hasn't manifest. It hasn't been fixed because the owner doesn't understand that he doesn't have systems in place, processes in place. He keeps trying to find that I'm going to hire me the right guy, whether it's Todd Bowles, Adam Gase, Robert Sala, whomever, Eric Mangini. I'm going to find the magic wand and come in here when yet they have no systems in place, no organizational structure to adhere to a championship level. Yeah, there's a reason why certain teams just never seem to really get it right. And the Jets, even though they've had talented teams here and there in the past, they've never been able to consistently win at the level that they've wanted to. And maybe ownership is where you can go ahead and point as being the number one reason as to why, because it's sort of trickled down to the rest of the team. And now they have loose lips, which we all know sink ships. All right, we'll get to some other news and notes from around the league. This is the GM Shuffle. The NBA playoffs are heating up, and so is the action at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NBA. With same-game parlays, live betting, odds boosts, and so much more, don't miss out as the NBA postseason winds down. I mean, these second-round playoffs have been unreal, and we have the conference finals now on the horizon. Make sure you get all those futures bets in before the value disappears. And if you're new to DraftKings, you got to check this out. New customers bet 5 bucks to get 150 in bonus bets in. Instantly, download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use code SHUFFLE. That's code SHUFFLE for new customers to get 150 in bonus bets when you bet just 5 bucks. only on DraftKings. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or in West Virginia, visit www.1800gambler.net. In New York, call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY-467-369. In Connecticut, help is available. For problem gambling, call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please pay responsibly on behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort in Kansas. 21 plus age varies by jurisdiction. Void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See dkng.com slash bball for eligibility and deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. (laughs) 
you know, Michael, scrolling Twitter, which can always be dangerous <laughs> during the NFL oh season. It can always be very dangerous. Why do you want to do I, that? I, I came across a video, and it was over on the NFL Network, and the quote of it was David Carr, former NFL quarterback, now analyst at NFL Network, saying that Jalen Hurts should maybe take some time off and the Eagles should turn to Marcus Mariota. That was what the caption said, and I said, all right, I got to watch this because there's no way on earth that this is actually true. And I watched the video, and I was just – sitting there being like, what in the world did I just take in here? Because David Carr is saying that, hey, maybe because Hurts doesn't look quite like himself, he should be benched for a few weeks to get healthy because they're already going to give up the number one seed to the 49ers, in his opinion, and then let's go ahead and have Mariota out there. I'm sure you saw the clip as well. We'll get into what he actually said as well, but just your initial reactions to what I thought was just an unbelievably just wild opinion to have uh, here in this NFL season. You know, because what he said was, when if you pay attention to what he said, is he said basically Hertz needs to sit because he's hurt. His knee's not real. Mm-hmm. And then he went on to explain that Hertz doesn't read coverages, and that's why he needs to sit. So, like, is it the knee that's causing him not to read coverages? I would find that hard to believe. <laughs> so, like, there was a complete – if you just listen to what he said, there's a complete uh, separation of – of why, of reasons why he's making that statement. Yep. And, and let's break it down, right, on st- on the fact that Hertz doesn't read coverages very well. David, I don't know where you've been, but that's always been Carr. That's always been Hertz's issue, right? That's always been. And when he, that's why he got benched at Alabama and he came back and had to go to Oklahoma. And what the Eagles have done with him is no different than what other teams have done for their quarterback is they put him in a system – where he's not necessarily reading across the field or throwing the ball in rhythm, he's using his skill set as a quarterback to best throw the football. And that, that's what he's doing. He's never going to be a rhythm thrower. He's never going to be a West Coast offense thrower. He don't have to be. He's good at what he does. He's accurate down the field. He's improved his accuracy over his career. He's improved his decision-making over his career. And the Eagles have designed an offense that fits his skill set. Play-action pass. What I, would, what I would go back to tell David Carr is, is David, do you realize that Kyle Shanahan, as good as everybody thinks he is, especially after that performance in Philadelphia, is 0-38 when his team trails by seven or more points going in the fourth quarter? Is that because Kyle's a bad coach? Not at all. Not at all. The reason Kyle can't play from behind is because he's built this team with a play-action pass style of offensive line that when it gets into a drop-back pass game, then he has problems, Okay. That's where he has problems. And if you watch the Raiders, if excuse me, if you watch the Eagles mm-hmm. over the last last few weeks of the season, this is kind of an interesting thing. If you watch them over the last few weeks of the season, they have not been able to run the ball as effectively as they used to run it, and they haven't been able to stop the run. And so because they haven't been able to get the lead and play from in front, they are more inclined to get away from what their general offense is, which is run the ball. When you're playing from behind, you can't run it. You, you can't. The play actions don't work as well. I mean, so there lies the problem. So resting him to think he's going to improve his, his, his decision-making is, to me, one of the most ridiculous things I've ever heard. The most interesting stat in getting ready for this weekend's game that I came up with is, is when you look at this Eagle defense – Okay, it, it's really kind of shocking, right? Is the the Eagles' defense this season? Okay, has been able to the, in the first nine games of the season, they held their opponent to sixty five point six six yards. 
They only allowed 591 yards rushing the first nine games of the season. The last three games of the season, they have allowed 487 yards, 162.3 yards per game. Hmm. Think about that now. And so why is that? Is that all of a sudden they're a bad run fit team? No. It's because they've been not been able to play from in front. Teams have been able to run the ball, keep their offense balanced, and take chances and throw the football. And I think ultimately that's there lies the problem. And then so Hertz has to play catch up. Yeah. And and Hertz, to his credit, they've been good in catch up mode. Now, last week was a di- different story. The Niners blitzed them, and that's a team that you don't want to be in catch up mode against. But we saw them in catch up mode against the Bills and catch up mode against the Chiefs. And, and, and they've been able to make it work here. Uh, to me, it just. Philadelphia, like you said, like the run game not being elite like it used to be, or at least it was a year ago, I think is one of the reasons why that this offense, while the passing numbers might be better, doesn't look as efficient as it might be. But I still think the Eagle defense is what you outlined is like the biggest problem with this team as of right now, because we've always said with Philadelphia, if you can block them, you can move the ball down the field. And this week, Dallas, with a pretty good offensive line, do you think that they can block them and find those holes in the back seven that other teams have been able to find over the past month? Well, I mean, the last two games they've played them, the one in Philly and the one in Dallas. Now, Hurts didn't play in that game. Dallas had had over 400 yards of offense. But I will say in the last game, Steele struggled to block Riddick. He did. And if you watch that game closely, you know, they struggled to block consistently up front. And even though they gained yards in the back end, they struggled. They went for it five times on fourth down. Early in the game, they went for it. They were very aggressive in the passing game in terms of Mike McCarthy's play calling. So this they have, they have struggled, especially Steele at right tackle, has struggled to block the front. And I think that's going to be the key to the game because if they protect, you're going to attack. One thing you do when you watch a Kyle Shanahan tape – and this is what makes the league so fascinating, is when you get a really good coach like Shanahan or Belichick or, or you know Andy Reid, you put on their tape on how they want to attack a team. It, it's pretty clear what they value your team as. And if you're objective as an evaluator, if you're the, if you're the New York Jets and you get done playing a team like that, you basically, they declare who you are as a team or what they think you are. You can accept it or you can ignore it. But it was pretty clear watching the tape of the 49er game that Kyle had very little respect for the secondary. Zero. And he was going to be very aggressive in his play calling and his passing game. He was not trying to formation to run. He was trying to formation to throw. He repeated plays, which is, makes a very good coordinator. He demanded that they beat it, and he knew they couldn't tackle. He knew they couldn't tackle. And so he kept putting, he had enough faith in his quarterback, which he does, which is the difference between Purdy and Garoppolo. Even though Garoppolo won a lot of games and one of the best ATS quarterbacks for him, he's got way more faith in Purdy to throw the ball and get the ball where it needs to be in the right place at the right time. And he went after him relentlessly. And there's elements of the first Dallas game where Dallas went after him relentlessly. Like McCarthy saw the same thing that Kyle saw. Problem was, third and one, they drop a pass. They have to kick a 51-yard field goal. Can't score in the red zone. And so their execution wasn't as good as San Francisco's execution. But they saw the same thing. 
And that was a lot of the talk out of the game when Dallas, when we were talking about, hey, like there's no moral victories. But they were saying that, hey, we felt like we found something in this game. And ever since that game, the offense has kind of exploded. Now, obviously, we put the caveat out there. Everybody screams it that the Cowboys, the competition that they face hasn't been good. But you can pinpoint that game saying that that was sort of a pivot point for this Dallas offense post Niners blowout to where they've started to find some success in this passing game. My concern and right now, like the spread in this game is sitting at three and a half. The totals at 52. So a lot of points are expected. We've seen over the past couple of weeks, Michael, this Dallas defense not quite look like the defense that we expected to see throughout this season. And one thing I think that we've had in common with these past couple of teams that the Dallas has played, whether it's Washington or Seattle, is that they've had capable pass catchers, whether it's the McLaurins, the Dotsons, and Seattle. DK Metcalf had the massive game on Thursday night there. Lockett, obviously, a threat at wide receiver. Well, now comes A.J. Brown and Devontae Smith. And also, sounds like Dallas Goddard should be back for this game as well. Can the Cowboys match up with these Philadelphia pass catchers, or are we going to see kind of a shootout like the market expects? Well, I think when you watch the first game, you know, Dallas Goddard played in the first game. Mm -hmm. So he was there for that game. And when you watch that, the Eagles took the opening kickoff, and they were faced with a second and 25, I think it was. And no problem, converted. Went for it on fourth and three, got it, and put the ball in the end zone and started the game 7-0. The first drive was really good. Then their offensive line started to have some problems. But I fully expect the Eagles to move the football in the game. Mm -hmm. And I fully expect them to have the ability to move the ball. I think that's the one area where we, a lot of people have overrated Dallas is in their defensive front, is in their defense. You know, you can move the football on Dallas. I mean, Seattle proved that the other day, yep. right? Now, you know, they played really good. I mean, look, they only gave up against Philly 292 yards. And the bulk of that, the bulk of the 183 yards passing they gave up was in the was really on the first drive. And this is a game where you know you're going to have limited possessions. They got 77 yards on the first drive, 77 yards on the first drive. They had to overcome some penalties, but they got 77 yards on the first drive. They had three drives of over 10 yards of 10 plays in the game. And in the second half. You know, when the, in the third quarter, the second quarter, when they got the ball, they went touchdown, punt, touchdown, touchdown. It wasn't until the fourth quarter that they really didn't move the football. So where they went, basically, they did not get a first down in the fourth quarter. Did not get a first down. And they only had the ball for two minutes and 42 seconds, yet they still won the game. So I, I fully expect the, the Eagles to move the ball effectively. I expect the Eagles to block them more effectively. Yeah, I think we're going to see a lot of points in that. Like it's a it's a track meet out there at AT and T Stadium. Ultimately, who do you think wins this game? And do you think that Dallas can cover this number, or is this going to be closer than what the market thinks? I I think it'll be closer than what the market thinks. I really do. I think it's going to be a. I mean, the three and a half. They're luring you to take it, right? There's a reason for that. Uh, look, the Philly doesn't tackle well. They're secondary. This Dallas team can move the football and they're going to go up and down the field. I think the way Philly's playing right now to the way Dallas is playing, Dallas is playing better than them right now. I think it's a close game. If I had to take a get play, I would probably take the Eagles in the three-and-a-half finger, and it's going to be a close game. Remember, Minshew went down there and moved the ball up and down the field yep. on them. Yeah. They put up quite a I mean, bit. They point. lost by seven down there. I, I don't think Philly's like intimidated by them. No. I think Philly feels like, look, we, we took our foot off the gas. We could have put the game away in the fourth quarter. I think they have a pretty good read on how to attack them. I mean, look, let's face it. They scored 28 points before the fourth quarter. I mean, there's one minute and 13 seconds left to go in the third quarter, and they had 28 points. Yeah. 
I, I took the three and a I mean, half. I like Philly. I, I, I think everybody's going to be on Dallas. I, I think Philly's – I know Philly's tired and all that, but the one thing I will say, you know, I think it could be whoever has the ball last. Well, sort of feels like that kind of game to me as well. I took three and a half with the Eagles. It's still out there and available for anybody who wants it, but I think this is going to be a field goal game either way. I'm hoping the Dallas can go ahead and win this game, but just from a betting standpoint, I think Philly – Philly or pass for me. Um, on the other side, the moment that everyone has been waiting for, Michael. You've been <laughs> waiting for go. it. I've been waiting for it. All of our listeners and viewers have been waiting for it. Big Daddy Vince makes his GM Shuffle debut next. It's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. Let's get right to it. What everyone has been waiting for, they've been tweeting us all season long, wanting to get uh, the it. takes and wanting to meet the man, the myth, the legend, Big Daddy Vince, and he is here on the GM Shuffle podcast with us. Big Daddy, welcome to the pod, making your GM Shuffle debut, years in the making. How are we doing today? We're doing great. Thanks for having me. I mean, we, we I want, we're excited to have you. Uh, well, honor. we're honored to have you. Instead of me having to read your text, we get to read about <laughs> it. Right, here's where we want to go. Big Daddy, tell him about how you came up with that, the moniker LaFuck. Okay, so we're looking for a head coach. They hire Matt LaFleur, never heard of him. When I did a little research on him, never had winning anything, never did any winning anywhere. I'm like, Matt LaFleur? It should be Matt LaFuck. Well, who is he? So that's how it all came to fruition. Just uh And do you like the fact that he gets a haircut every week? I mean, are you jealous oh, of his ability to get haircuts? As a matter of fact, I admire him for that because I do love that. I think he looks good on the sidelines there. You know what I mean? He's he's in shape, takes care of himself. He looks good. And, and he gets the crowd yeah. going at Lambeau. <laughs> yeah, well, yeah. Well, we'll see. I don't know about that. He gets yeah, me, there goes. There's a we'll see. We'll count the we'll see. <laughs> we'll see. Yeah, we'll we count the we'll see. count those. There's going to be well, at let, least let's 20 start of off those. With, let's, let, let's start off with your love affair. You really appreciated the Ted Thompson administration, didn't you? <laughs> My favorite GM of all time. <laughs> and why is that? <laughs> well, he drafted Aaron Rodgers. So, you know, you got to love okay. him for that. So, you know. And uh, then after that, you know, he had a string of a few good drafts where he was successful. The Jordy Nelsons of the world came in. We we had some success. But then after that, he just went downhill in a hurry. And uh, here and, we are. And, and why do you think that and, – and you used to complain to me all the time about how they wouldn't trade for any players. I remember you were all pissed off when they wouldn't trade for Marshawn Lynch. Absolutely. A fourth-round draft pick. Right? Fifth round draft pick yeah. from Buffalo. They, it was a bag of potato chips. It's the same thing with Josh Ernst. Goot's a disciple of, of Ted Thompson. He didn't want to trade for Josh Ernst, and we had no tight end. That he was a fifth round pick that went from the, from the Cardinals. 
Yeah. Oh, you mean Zach Ertz? Zach Ertz. Zach Ertz. Yeah. Zach Ertz. Yeah. 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 Zach Ertz. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, Marshawn Lynch went and had a terrific career with the Seattle Seahawks post-Buffalo there. Hey, I, Big Daddy, I want to get your thoughts on on this season's team, the Jordan Love-led Green Bay Packers this year. As they're sitting out 6-6, six and six, we had a rough stretch to begin the season. First half of the season, we were reading your texts on the pod, and it, it wasn't going well. <laughs> now, they found something, Big Daddy, or, or, or are we all falling for the tail in the, 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 the banana in the tailpipe? Or are you, are you confident in this Packers team, or is this just kind of going to be a heartbreaking end of the season? Well, it's too soon to be confident, but yeah, Love has looked great the last two weeks, right? Would you agree? I would. He's looked really good. Yeah. Do you give the credit to Love or do you give it to LaFleur? Who do you give the credit to? Well, I think you got to give it to a little bit of both, both of them, yeah. you know, and, and where are you on Joe Barry and Jai Alexander? I know that's a constant theme of compl of complaining. Come on, all the guys they drafted on defense, don't get me started. They're either hurt or they're playing Now, we want to get you started. We that's do. why you're here. We want to get you started. I wanna, this is why you're here. The, 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 we want unfiltered, uncensored. I got to be a little filtered here. Come on, <laughs> no. maybe the next time, not this time. Anyway. Uh, look at Wyatt. They brought Wyatt in to stop the run. He averages one tackle a game. Come on. I could probably go out there at my age and throw my body on the ground and tackle one person. Come on. It's terrible. He was a first-round draft pick. He was. <laughs> what about Eric he Stokes? Was. He was. And Jal Alexander in the last couple of years has always been hurt. Stokes can't. He can't play either. He's always hurt. Always hurt, Stokes. We have this. We have this love affair for defensive backs, especially, and we just keep drafting and trading up to draft them like we did. And I loved Savage at first, but he realizes if he plays that way, he's going to be hurt. So he doesn't tackle anybody anymore. Yeah. I mean, that's. And, and so do you have faith in Joe Barry? No. I wish they would have hired Todd Bowles instead. Well, he wasn't available. I think he was when he got fired from the Jets. Oh, okay. I got it. Yeah, that's yeah, right. Well, no, he was. He was right. You're got right. fired as a head coach. He was available. Yeah. I but, mean, you know, they didn't want to pay him that kind of money. Well, I, I, don't, I don't think you're the only Packer fan that uh, has some questions about Joe Barry, uh, even though the defense, I mean, pass defense has been a little bit better as of late. The run defense, you can still run on them. I don't know why Kansas City stopped trying to run the football when they got in the red zone uh, in the that, game last Sunday night. That was crazy, right? It was crazy. <laughs> they have no receivers and they're throwing the ball. And they could, and which had 110 yards in the first half. I mean, it was, and they stopped running. They gifted it. They gifted us the game. They gifted us the game. So no question. All right. So now you got Tommy DeVito. Do you think you can win this one here in the Meadowlands? <laughs> no chance. I don't. Oh no. You think the Packers? You can don't. Win? I think we win that game. Okay. No, I do. I, do. I think okay. we win that game. I do. Okay. Okay. And do you think they can I make do. the playoffs or are you going to give me the we'll see answer? That's well, it all depends on who who else is coming on strong here at the end of the season, right? I mean, you look at their yeah, schedule, well, they I mean, go four and two and finish ten and eight, ten and seven. So yeah, they have a good or nine and eight, and they have a good chance. And then would you vote for LaFuck for coach of the year? No. No <laughs> chance. Why not? Why not? You wouldn't get we look at the turnaround. <laughs> Come on, man. Come on. <laughs> No chance. Not a chance. <laughs> no chance. I mean, I mean, the guy, is, he has a winning track record, won a couple 13-win seasons with Rodgers. Now, if they get to 10, 11 wins with Love, I mean. Do you think that was him? 
Do you think that was him that won those thir- that helped win those thirteen games, or do you think it was Rodgers? I mean, it was more Rodgers, but he was there. He, he was leading the team, and now they're winning now. <laughs> That's true. Good point. No, I don't think he's coach of the year. Not at all. Not at all. Yeah. And so, like, if you were running the team right now, what would you do in terms of would you try to sign more deep? Like, Rasul Douglas, were you upset that they traded him? Considering they yeah, they should have traded corners? to Alexander, but he was hurt. They should have dumped they just Alexander. Paid him though. I know, we just paid him twenty some million dollars a year. He's not worth it. He's always hurt. You wouldn't have paid him. No. No. I wouldn't have paid Aaron Jones either. I would have kept Williams. I would have kept Jamal Williams for five million instead of paying him twelve million. Yeah. And do you think? But you don't like Aaron. I mean, you like Aaron Jones, so I thought you like Aaron. I do like Aaron Jones. I do like Aaron Jones, but he's sucking up too much of the salary cap at this point. And he's always hurt now too. Yeah, he is. He's not playing. All right. So, which one of these young receivers has caught your eye? Watson. Reed, you Reed like is really exciting. Reed is really exciting as well. And he's running back punts too. So, you know, we know more Aaron, no more uh, 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 Amari Rogers running back punts and kickoffs. Yeah, that's a thorn. <laughs> he was that's terrible. a thorn for that's me. A that's a, Amari Rogers was a thorn. Right there. Beautiful, beautiful. Yeah, yeah. I probably have 50 texts on Amari Rogers about why <laughs> oh, we drafted him God. in the third round. He's out of the league. Yeah, I was going to say, I was like, I don't think he's resurfaced anywhere. <laughs> so you're not a fan of Romeo Dobbs? Like, you don't like what I he's do in? I do like Dobbs. Okay. I do. Okay. But Reed is really exciting. He's got a lot of speed. Yeah. I like him. You know? Goes. Tell people when you watch a really shitty play, when we're watching the games <laughs> together, how you just associate that play with LaFleur. With LaFleur and with Goot. <laughs> Why do you pick on Goot so much? Like, I think that's unfair. You, I think he, I mean, he I know you like They got some sure good young players. He does have some good young players. You're right. You're right. So how do I equate it with LaFleur? Let me tell you. It's just like the Tampa Bay playoff game, right? Uh, JPP was crushing us on the left side of the line. He, and he kept running the same play with Jones over and over and over again. And, and Pierre Paul was just crushing him crushing him. He never changed it up. Never changed it up because that was the play they run. They get yards on it. And he figured, you know, one of these times we'll get through the line and, and Jones will break one. Never happened. Jones got hurt out of the game. That was our Super Bowl right there. That was our Super Bowl. The Seattle one was our Super Bowl. The yeah. Tampa, the Tampa Bay, I mean the, uh, uh, yeah, the Tampa Bay and the, and the, uh, and the Seattle were our two Super Bowls that we blew. Well, you mentioned the Seattle you- one. Oh, Mike Little, you can go ahead. No, go ahead. Go ahead. Uh, I was gonna, I was gonna ask you, like the Seattle one, that was the McCarthy-led Green Bay Packers. What, what do you think of the job McCarthy is doing now in Dallas? I'm a Cowboys fan, so I've inherited your guy, Mike McCarthy. Like, uh-huh. like they're they're starting to find some things here a little bit. You a fan of McCarthy? I like McCarthy. McCarthy was a good coach. I like him. Okay. Yeah, I do. I think he's a good coach. I I had no complaints with McCarthy. Of course, he had Aaron Rodgers. That makes a big difference, yeah. man. Big difference. Yeah. All right. So, but you are angry with the fact that you've had Brett Favre and you've had Aaron Rodgers. And as wow. a fan, you've only won two Super Bowls. So why don't you and carry it before we let you times. go? Why don't you go into that? Well, huh? you, I mean, just we should, you guys should do a 30 for 30 on it because when you do, you got 30 years of back to back all seven MVPs and you go to three Super Bowls and only win two, it speaks for itself. 
it's either poor coaching or poor management or both. You know, I'm not saying we should have won with Belichick one in New England six, but you know, we should have knocked on the door half a dozen times. And we didn't. This side. Yeah, I agree with that. And what do you think the reason is they didn't do that? Why do you, from your view, you and Nick. Because just like I said, they won't plug and play. They won't go out and trade for somebody because God forbid they give up a fourth round pick for anybody. Third round pick for anybody. Look what, look, if you study, and we talk about this all the time, if you do what Belichick does, you're going to put it together a winning team. If if you, now you look at the Eagles, you look at Kansas City, Kansas City wins the Super Bowl. They went out and got Tony, that wide receiver. He's horrible this year, but last year, he helped them win the Super Bowl. We won't even trade a fourth round pick for Marshawn Lynch, who came back to Hornets three years in a row. <laughs> he ran all over us. <laughs> So your main gripe with Goot and, and, and Murph and the crew is that they're not aggressive enough, that they don't go out. Not and... at all. Okay. All right. Well, it... not even a little bit. Do you think, do you think Ernst, the tight end, who do you look up our tight ends back then? They were horrible. They were horrendous. You're going to get a proven tight end who could catch the ball. We lost that game to San Francisco 13 to 10. You think a tight end would have helped? I would think. But nope, we didn't want to give up that fourth, fifth round pick. All right, so we make a promise. We're going to bring you back when it's time when the Packers make the playoffs. And we're going to break down the Packer game in the playoff with you. Yeah, we're going to want to break down the history of poor, piss, poor GM work from the time they took draft Cody Mandridge instead of Barry Sanders. That was a good draft pick. Remy, back me up there. Back me up with that one. Come on. <laughs> We'll wrap up the pod next. You know, Michael, when the Packers end up making the playoffs, we got to get Big Daddy back on this thing. I mean, oh, he'll be back. He, we we got to get him back. He says to me after he. He says, I didn't want to offend anybody. I was, well, who's going to come and get you? You're not doing any work for any of these people. Exactly. Go offend anybody you want. Exactly. So, well, you know, I could have gone into more detail. You know, I said, uh, you know, he said, so then I said, well, we'll bring it back when they win the division. And he said, well, you know, that's all the organization wants is win the division. And they, then they're happy. They'll stop. So, you know. <laughs> Yeah, well, love him. I mean, he loves it. He, he, we he, get him on the Knicks, too. We could ask him oh, about the Knicks, too. He loves the Knicks. He's on the Knicks. You know what he loves, sport he loves the most is tennis. Like really? he'll watch tennis. Like I, I have no idea. Like what are you watching? I want, I want, I love this tennis match. Like in July he's watching Wimbledon. I'm like, Hell what yeah. are you doing? Why don't you come to the beach? Oh, I want to watch Wimbledon. <laughs> he's he's he's, he's uh, waking up early at the All England Club <laughs> to watch some grass court seats. <laughs> <It's the best. laughs> yeah, that's the best. Uh, his, fa- we, his father and my father. His father and my father were brothers. So, mm. and he and I are—he's one year older than I am. So we kind of grew—we grew up together. I was going to say, whole, grew up, all of us, yeah. So yeah. That's, uh, that's how long that's been going on. Well, I mean, it goes to show you, like, football brings the family together and it's everything. Like, you know, it's—it's it's a whole yeah. lot of fun. Like, like my family, we're all Cowboys fans. We got a couple Seahawks in, in the family and stuff. And you know, Cowboys Seahawks—they play last week. It, it brings everyone together and uh, get a little bit of friendly jabs going back and forth. So it's—it's it's why we love this game. Uh, that's awesome that you guys kind of uh, had that relationship going over the years. We only got one we'll see. 
he kind of almost gave another one a little bit when he said, like, oh, let's see what happens with these other playoff teams. But only one we'll yeah. see from Big Daddy. <laughs> yeah, we'll get more we'll see. Yeah. 100%. Come on. We got a few come ons, too. Come on. He wants you to agree with him when he's come on. <laughs> No, love it. So we'll, we'll bring it back to, uh, at the end of the regular season. But let's get to the games in week 14 because we have a lot of intriguing ones. I want to start in Arrowhead. We'll get to the Trevor Lawrence versus the Cleveland Browns and that whole deal. But this Bills-Chiefs game, just because I think the market movement on this has been really fascinating. Buffalo coming out of the bye has been getting bet. And this is essentially a playoff game for the Buffalo Bills as they take on the Kansas City Chiefs. Yeah. Chiefs right now one and a half point favorites, total 48 and a half. Do you find this as a potential get right spot for the Bills to maybe get back into this AFC wildcard race? I mean, look, you know, you could have Buffalo plus three at the beginning of the week. Then yeah. it went to two and a half just right away. And now it's down a lot of Buffalo money coming in. And it's understandable, right? Because why? We know the Chiefs have struggled in the fourth quarter. And we know Buffalo achieves in the fourth quarter. I mean, Josh Allen, if you're playing Buffalo now, you're saying to yourself that, you know, all bets are off. He's going to run. He's going to throw. He's, he's going to do everything mm -hmm. in his power to will the cheat, to will the Bills to get there. And, you know, you can all say, well, we're going to do, you know, we're going to do, you know, I'm going to take Mahomes in a close game all the time. Well, you know, at some point, you know, we got to stop giving Mahomes the benefit of the doubt because maybe the team around them isn't as good. You know, maybe the team around them, like everybody thinks that Kelsey's still Kelsey. And when you watch Kelsey on tape, he's not the same player. Now, it could be the injury. It could be age. I don't know what it is, but he's not the same Kelsey that he was last year. I mean, that's just, that's not, it just happens. It's, it's just human nature. Yeah. As you get older, you're not the same player. And he's had this injury that he's kind of fought his way through. But when you go back and see it and you look at what he's – and he doesn't have – and there's no one else to take the pressure off of him, right? There's no one there to take – to say, okay, you know, Travis, we're going to take the pressure off of you. And I, I think that's kind of what, what happens, you know? I mean, last year he averaged 12.2 yards a catch. This year he's down to 11. Last year he had 12 touchdowns. He only has five so far this year. You know, last year he had 78 first downs in, in 17 games. This year he's only got 43 in 11 games. So it's coming the, – the numbers are trending in a way to where a 34-year-old guy's numbers trend. And is he still a good player? Without a doubt. But if he had Tyreek Hill here, now all of a sudden he's a better player. See, yeah. the Tyreek Hill thing kind of got away with it last year, but as, the, as Kelsey gets older, it becomes more noticeable. Uh, I think that's a really good point to bring up because like they, we talked about how they can't really find explosive plays. And when they do find them, unfortunately, receivers drop them. But uh, Kansas City, it feels like they're trying to fight a little bit harder than they've had to to move the ball offensively. And now you have this Buffalo team coming into where I do believe we're going to get Josh Allen running the football, Josh Allen doing those things. Because, hey, like all that, like, well, it's saving for the playoffs. We don't want to get him banged up. There will be no playoffs if you don't win this football game. Like there have to be a point where right. all systems go, all hands on deck here for the Bills. A banged up defense, but I think that Buffalo can go in there and give them a game. Like I kind of think Buffalo is going to win on Sunday. Well, here's the thing if you think that, right? I mean, Buffalo is, I mean, if, when the Chiefs have given up four, 20 or more points this year, they're 0-4. Against wow. the spread and straight up. They're 0-4. Lions, Buccaneer, the Lions, Broncos, Eagles, Packers. Right? So, mm -hmm. you know, typically, you know, when they give up 20 or less, they win. Now, you think they can hold Buffalo to under 20? I don't know. I don't think so. I mean, because it, this guy's hard to get on the ground. He's hard to tackle. 
going to require that offense to do what it hasn't been able to do so far this season. Let's get a move into some of these games. A lot of games, Michael, over on the East Coast, expected to be impacted by weather. We're talking about rain yeah. and some wind in some areas. And, of course, Cleveland is the, the hot spot for a lot of weather when we talk about NFL football games. The Browns, three-point favorites, hosting the Jacksonville Jaguars, total 30-and-a-half. And this is obviously the line is implying that Trevor Lawrence unlikely to play. Doug Peterson has not ruled out Lawrence. They're trying to fight around the clock rehab and all that stuff. But on a short week, suffering a right, right high ankle sprain, I think that we're likely to see C.J. Beathard in this one for the Jacksonville Jaguars. And he's hurt. And he's yeah. hurt. Okay? And he's hurt. So, you know, they and Kirk's hurt. So Kirk's not going to play. You know, now I think the weather reports were a little exaggerated earlier in the week. Winds are now mm -hmm. somewhere around 10 miles an hour in Cleveland with no rain. Same thing in Cincinnati. You can, like, when I started the week off, I, I, I wrote in my notes because I had such a shitty week last week against Russo. I wrote in my notes, like, don't play the, avoid these bad weather games mm. because if, you know, why, why risk it? Now, Rams Raven, I think, is still going to be bad weather. Houston Jets is still going to be bad weather, you know, but Detroit, Chicago, Indy, Cincy, and Jacksonville, Cleveland have a chance to have wind, but not rain. So, you know, they could be back in play if you wanted to play those. But for me, you, you know, I, I think the way Flacco played and the way this defense plays at home, it presents a huge challenge. This is kind of two conflicting teams coming at each other, right? The Jaguars are really good on the road. They're undefeated on the road, yeah. right? They're undefeated on the road. We know Lawrence plays better on the road. Cleveland is a great defense at home. They're not very good on the road. So where is this all going to come to? And if it's C and if Kirk and if CJ Beathard's hurt, where does this go to? I can't imagine Lawrence is going to play off of that, especially against this front with offensive linemen hurt too. Now they've got injuries in their offensive line too. So this isn't just oh they've got a few guys hurt. I mean they've got offensive linemen hurt too. Yeah, yeah. Cam so, Robinson's been hurt. You know, I, yeah. And so that I think that's the you know and against Miles Garrett played last week. I would assume he's going to be better this week. So I think that's a tough challenge. Yeah, no, I think – and it's likely the, – the Browns haven't committed to anybody yet, but I would expect it to be Joe Flacco at quarterback instead of Dorian Thompson-Robinson just based on what we saw uh, last week. Like I week. said on the pod on Monday, yeah. like can we stop the nonsense? Like that Flacco performance was better than any quarterbacking performance the Browns have gotten, maybe with the exception of one game, Watson in Baltimore. But yeah. like – through Watson's time there, this is, I mean, that game there, I know he didn't win it, but that was one. And the thing that made it really clear was how much confidence Stefanski had in calling pass plays for him. Like Stefanski didn't try to protect the guy. And the guy just got off off the couch. He's like big daddy. He just came in, showed up, <laughs> does a segment and gets out. He said, I can do that. Let's go ahead and do it. <laughs> and uh, Flacco was letting that thing rain down the field there. Uh, let's move it to the Baltimore game. You mentioned it. Like There should be some weather in Baltimore. They're hosting the Los Angeles Rams. Seven and a half point favorites. Total sitting at 40. Everybody who's going to talk about it, you're going to listen to this all week about John Harbaugh coming off a bye. John Harbaugh with rest. Well, I mean, when you look at it, okay, and, and I kind of thought that too. I'm saying, okay, that seven number seems a little bit large. Rams going outside, you know, and all that stuff. But off of bye weeks with Lamar, they won last year 13-3. They lost an overtime game to the Vikings, 34-31 off of bye. At home, lost to the Steelers, 28-24. So the last four home games, they've, the last four times they've had a bye, they've had a home game. 
and off the bye, they've, they're one and three. So I don't really know how that is. Now, this seven-point line is one of the biggest lines of McVay's career as an underdog. He was a seven-and-a-half-point underdog last year in Green Bay. Or the, last year in Green Bay, he lost 24-12. to 12. Big Daddy did that game plan. This year, he's a seven-and-a-half-point <laughs> dog against San Francisco. He won that 30 to 20. They, they, they lost 30 to 23, but he covered with that half point. And then he was a 16 and a half point dog in 22 against Kansas City, and they covered that by a half a point. Aren't you concerned, though, with Lamar versus the NFC? Because like we, we've, we've done this dance twice this season when Detroit went in there getting six, Seattle went in there getting six, yeah. and they just I got blitzkrieg. Like, I, I, like Lamar versus the NFC. Am I. My instincts were take Baltimore early in the week, and I'm really happy that the weather comes in here, and just to, and I'll just be happy to watch just, it. Yep. <laughs> just going to be happy to watch it. Just get the game out I'm of not there. taking it. I'm not touching it. Nope, there's no way I'm not taking it. I, I, I agree. I want to take Baltimore, and then I started doing some of these notes, mm-hmm. and I went over the game, and, you know, and I started thinking about it, and Harbaugh off a of bye week, and the numbers there, and Baltimore 4-2 and two at home. You know, and, and Lamar, in terms of he wins, but he doesn't typically always cover. Uh, you know what? I'll just stay at that. I'll, I'll stay there. Yeah, we don't have to bet every game on the board. Uh, are you taking the Chicago Bears? Because a lot of people have been taking them this week. This has gone yeah. from like six, five and a half to now sitting at three and a half. We might hit three by the day's end here uh, as they host the Detroit You're gonna Lions. You're going to hit three. Yeah. Well, I mean, look, it's it's a windy game. It's a cold. It's not. I don't think it's going to be as cold as everybody thought. You know, this Lions team, one thing that concerns you about the Lions, the McNeil injury, right? They put the defensive tackle, who's a good player, McNeil on injured reserve. They mm-hmm. lost him. And this Bear team can play the run. And the Bears played them really well. And when you look at go over Justin Fields against the Lions, last time he played 18 carries, 104 yards. The year before that, 10 carries, 132 yards. In the same year, 13 carries, 147 the Lions have trouble with movement quarterbacks, and this defense hasn't played well. Now, for me, I don't think I'm going to touch it either because the wind, and I don't trust Fields' ability to throw the ball with accuracy in the wind. Yeah, and it almost feels like you're kind of late to the party, too, if you want to back the Chicago Bears. Like, that party yeah. was at five and a half, five, four and a half, four, now at three and a half. Every time the line moves toward a team, I, I think you have to be really careful to bet that team. Yeah, sometimes there's no meat left on the bone, and, and that might be the case here with this Bears-Lions game. Obviously, we will react to all of these NFL games coming up on Monday's pod. We will see you guys then, but thank you to our producer, Elliot Bummer, with us on the ones and twos. Thank you to Big Daddy making a special guest appearance. And Michael, yeah, thanks, Big Daddy. I'll see you on Monday. Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you, with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.